Welcome to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Cessna, and I bring you, the Phoenix Family, a weekly podcast about alchemy, spirituality, magic, mysticism, and more. The Spiritual Phoenix Podcast is fan-funded, and you can contribute with the link in the show notes. Other ways to show your support include subscribing to our YouTube channel, leaving us excellent reviews wherever possible, engaging with our content on social media, shooting me an email, and sending an audio message through the Anchor app. This is a community podcast. I'm just the humble host. Let's start the show. All right, welcome everybody. We are joined once again by Beverly McDonald. Beverly, how have you been? So, so good. Thank you so much for having me back. Excited to be here. Um, what, this is your second or third, third time on? I, I think second, maybe third. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah, you're one of the people that's been on, um, the most. I just had Sam Warren on again. She was, uh, I think you and her are almost equal or, or neck and neck. You'll have to fight it out to see who, who is like <laughs> the, nice. the returning <laughs> champion. <laughs> very, very nice. Um, yeah, so I'm going to ask you the uh, traditional preliminary question. What are you grateful for today? Oh, man. Uh, well, I am grateful to be where I am talking to you right now. Um, however many times we've talked before, um, I wasn't talking to you in my own massage room and my own house. Um, so I'm most grateful for that, for just having my own space finally. I, that probably came up in the last time we talked. <laughs> like I didn't have that, so <laughs> super grateful for that today. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, I've really made more of this space my own space as well, and it's still kind of um, this my old bedroom at my mom's house, which is now my office. Nice. But it's a lot more. Uh, it's set up a lot more professional, and I say that like in air quotes because I have an Xbox right there, so I can remember <laughs> to relax at times. <laughs> It's important. Balance. Balance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, I like the, the painting, the, uh, the color of paint that you've picked for your wall. People listening to this won't be able to hear, but it's a very soft green. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a yoga green, I think was the name of paint swab. <laughs> That's good marketing. <laughs> right. Like yoga forest or something. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Very, very heart center or heart chakra situated. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And I um, I was able to, since it's my house, I was able to paint the walls. And so under the walls are the Reiki symbols, um, which lends a lot of power to the room, as well as the crystal grid that's in uh, each corner. I've got either rose quartz that I've um, gone out and gathered myself in the lands um, near Tecate, near the Mexico border here out in East County, San Diego. And um, so I've got those holding down each corner, rose quartz, and I've got some amethyst, an ametrine, and, and it just feels amazing in here. I've only recently uh, found out the difference between amethyst and ametrine. Ametrine is amethyst with citrine in it, correct? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's got a little bit of that yellow in it or like specks of white. Mm. Yeah, ametrine. Mm-hmm. Talking about the um, heart chakra as well, I have a question because this is something that's come up in my research and you might have come across this as well. I've heard yeah. some people say that there's a second color to the heart chakra, which is pink, and that's more of the emotional heart. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like um, normally 
if I meditate or if I bring somebody during a Reiki session into their heart, generally we find a garden, right? A lush green garden. Um, but generally if you spend more time in the heart and get to that emotional center, you will find that uh, pink lotus flower in the center of the garden, which is generally where the first time you meet your inner child, um, they emerge out of there generally from hiding. Um, but yeah, it's, it's once you crack open the heart center uh, completely and kind of go past the lush green, uh, you will go into that, that deep heart-centered living, which we would associate more with the color pink and with rose quartz and that kind of softer heart. Because, I mean, obviously our heart takes a lot. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's beating for us physically, our heart pumping blood, oxygen, supplying our body with all of its physical needs. Um, but the energetic heart, getting our emotional centers involved, our, 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 our true will, our reason for incarnation sitting there in the heart. And given how deep that is and how sacred that can be for a lot of people, um, that, yeah, the, the true heart, the true emotional heart kind of cloaks under that, that lotus flower that you do have to take the work to try to, to kind of get to. I mean, you, the, the lush garden of the heart chakra is beautiful, but there, there is far more treasure there um, if you dig and, and explore a little deeper. Very, very interesting. Um, so I had heard about this concept and I, I like to burn candles based upon the colors of the chakras and kind of meditate on the meaning of that. And I've been burning this pink one. You can't see it because of the glare of all my other candles. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you talk about it connecting you with the inner child because as of late, there's been like, there was that huge cold uh, snap. And then in this area, now there's kind of this big thaw where it's been in like 50 degrees or so. And there's this huge melting thing. And I was walking yesterday and kind of seeing these little rivulets of all like the melting ice and stuff. And it really brought me back to this point of innocence in my childhood, which was really like how I used to like to go out and walk amongst like the spring thaw and stuff and I've really been connecting to a lot of the um ironically enough emotions of my childhood in some sense and the purity of a lot of that um I don't know if I've asked you this question before but I'm curious about your experience with this as somebody who's done a lot of inner work as well um have you ever had moments where you've kind of relived old emotions but they're not like distinct emotions like happy or sad they're kind of like this emotional cocktail does mm -hmm. that make sense yeah yeah it's like kind of that spiral coming back around that new opportunity to look at memories differently i mean um i mean we could spend a whole lot of time even talking about what memories are but uh primarily they're you know false uh recalls that you know our brain hangs on to certain emotions um, in regards to certain events that happen in our lives. Um, so as the memory comes back around, yeah, I mean you'll get the the emotion again, but usually comes back in a way where there's some distance attached to it, right? Like it's kind of like you can you can pull yourself out of the emotion, but you're in it, but not completely if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, like, my experience with it was, like, 
when I first started recovery, there was this like really um, desolate feeling. It reminded me of like this one time I did cocaine in a van by like the park. And it was like, this really dark, grimy feeling, but yeah. I was far enough removed from it where like I wasn't consumed by it, but I was like, this is the only time I've had that feeling. Yeah. But now it seems like I'm getting more on some of the positive um, side of things. And like one of the emotions that I've had lately is kind of like, this is like the feeling I had within the confines of the first romantic relationship that I've had. And I'm not even like dating at this point right now or anything, right. but it's kind of that same energetic charge. And it's kind of, it's weird because it's not associated with anything and it's not so much the memory that's triggering the emotion. It's the emotional feeling that's triggering a memory. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So yeah. I like how you said that actually. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I feel like that does, I, I know what you're talking about in the sense that it's like normally when you recall on a memory and there's negative emotion, that's all you, you remember. But when you're, when you're consciously unwrapping these parts of you and consciously unwrapping these memories, uh, you're going to get both. Like, because the reality was that there was good and there was bad. So unconscious memory recall would be only the negative because that's all really that the ego will see sometimes you know and so now you're doing the recall consciously and it's you're led into the gift you're led into the good part of it and that's what that's the benefit of conscious living that i mean that is the proof in the pudding where it doesn't have to be all, you know, the past doesn't have to be a, a problem, you know, past events that caused you trauma. You don't have to just remember the trauma. Um, now you can unwrap the part of you that was so traumatized at the time that you didn't see all this good. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that stage and like now that I'm thinking about it and now that I understood what you said, like I'm I'm kind of revisiting like how awesome that was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it still happens. Don't get me wrong when things happen that were like other things. But I remember the first few memories of being like that of emotional um, joy versus the memory of just the bad part of it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been an experience with all of that. Um, I guess my next question for you is going to be, what do you want to talk about? Because I don't have any real questions prepared. Like, what's going on in your life? What springs to mind is important? Um. Gosh, you know what? What has kind of been the theme? What did? Uh. Well, I've been I've been struggling. I mean, a lot Preach. with. Sorry? I said preach. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, who isn't? I mean, I, we could sit here and talk about, like, everything's amazing. I bought a house and I'm getting married. And, like, but the reality is all that shit is <laughs> freaking me out. Mm. And um, life has definitely gotten complicated. Right? Um, uh, it's just the next layer of the work, doing it with in relationships. Mm. is is very interesting but um I, I i find myself getting frustrated with the sleepwalkers still and <laughs> the the um lack of conscious living that we see 
in society. I, I, I always kind of struggle with that. I always loop back around to that. And I know that you've helped me in the past with that stuff. Um, I still get annoyed by it too. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was just the Super Bowl and stuff and like the commercials and it's just, I don't know how many beer commercials we need or it's just everything is just so low vibration uh, sometimes. And I don't know why I always let myself get caught up in it. Uh, I don't know. I guess it gives you something, something to focus on that may be different than your own personal work. So it can kind of relieve you of that for a second. I, I know for me, like I've never, I shouldn't say never. I haven't watched the Super Bowl in years. And I went over to my brother and my sister-in-law's house just to spend time because my nephew asked me to go. Um, yeah. I, I could give a fuck less about sports in general. Um, <laughs> right. But like watching it and then seeing, first off, how horrible sports ca- like broadcasters are and how dumb all of that is. And then watching TV and commercials. I don't really watch TV. I think in the past year I might have watched – let's say 15 or 20 hours total of TV within 365 years or 365 days. And that's, that's like being generous. Um, And I just feel so out of tune with like the market that they're advertising to (laughs) kind of like that. It's just, it was just weird. Um, Commercials are weird now. And it's almost like living in a, uh, it's like idiocracy kind of, have you seen that movie? I don't think so. Maybe I should. (laughs) You should definitely check it out. It's by the creator of Beavis and Butthead, but the general premise of it is the most average man in this time period gets cryogenically frozen and then he gets woken up in the future and he's kind of like the most intelligent person out there because civilization has dumbed themselves down so much. It's incredibly funny. Like that's almost what I feel like. I'm just like, this is the commercial. Like they had the one where it was like, um, almost like the person had a fetish for his frozen dinner. Mm-hmm. That one? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really weird. I'm just like, <laughs> I like to eat, but I, I don't know. Right. No, that's that's just kind of. I know my uh, my friend this morning just like sent me a text about like a news article that is like, hey, by the way, what you eat gives you depression or has has a say. Like your food, your gut has a say in in depression like scientists newly confirm or something. And I'm just, and, and me and her are just like, what the, I mean, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, we've always known that you are what you eat. Like, we've always known that your gut has to do. And so I feel like it's like it's systematically dumbing us down. It, it systematically takes things that we already know <laughs> and releases it as like the new stellar study. And so it makes people actually like think they didn't know it before. I don't know. It's just the constant refining, the constant um, learning that like the society is kind of addicted to. I feel like we've, we've kind of gotten to a point where we've learned ourselves out. You know, it's like, mm. it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if, what you believe in regards to Atlantis, but um, in regards to it being, you know, a very technologically advanced society that technologically advanced itself out, you know, humanity had to kind of restart over after Atlantis. Like, I feel like that 
that momentum is like there again. We, we keep kind of swinging back around to things that we already have deep understanding to. And, and if you keep digging, you will keep finding. And I just don't know how healthy that is. Mm. You know, I, I just don't know how healthy it is to keep breaking things down to its parts because you can, if you keep smashing open atoms, you keep finding more molecules. I mean, we will keep, we can keep breaking things down. I just, yeah, and how alarming society is doing that. I would agree. I mean, to me, I think that it really puts people in authority position more so the more they reinforce facts that are already known for people that kind of are oblivious because then, oh, this is what science says. No, I mean, like take eggs, for example. What the fuck's going on with eggs? Are they good for you? Are they bad right. for you? <laughs> who, who the fuck knows? Well, it'll change tomorrow. Yes. Um, yeah. Depending on who writes the Wikipedia or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And then there's always conflicting evidence for every single thing that you find. And that's yeah. like, to me, the only knowledge that people need to focus on is knowledge of themselves. And that's the knowledge that people want to focus on the least really. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the loop of mental I fall into is like, well, you ask, yeah, you, you answered the question in, in the question. <laughs> you know, how do I take care of myself? Well, I have a horrible diet. Okay, well, <laughs> change your diet and maybe see how you feel. It's just, um, yeah, we're the, the, and I guess religion started that, you know, with, with you need to go here to learn that. You need that person to tell you that so that you know it. I guess that's where it started. <laughs> I think part of it too, though, is people don't want to take any personal accountability as well. So if they have all these authority figures dictating what does what, or they get this information and they go off of it, uh, right. then they have a fall person for it. I mean, then it also kind of, what's the other word I'm looking for? Gives them this sense of tribalism where it kind of reinforces their ego there's all sorts of like unhealthy reasons when this like it is really simple stuff every every issue in my life that i overcomplicated and spent years trying to figure out was really fucking simple like yeah. how do i quit getting arrested maybe i should quit drinking and doing drugs <laughs> and that i won't end up in jail right you stop getting arrested like stop having reasons to get arrested i just it's it's a thing, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> since I quit getting intoxicated, I've never been arrested. <laughs> I, I have it. And every time I've been arrested, I was intoxicated. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. or it's like, how do I sleep better? I, I should probably, like, not drink caffeine and, like, go to bed at a reasonable hour and exercise right. and sort out right. my life so I'm not having racing thoughts when I go to sleep. Right. But we have let ourselves be be convinced that no, you need an app. No, you need Ambien. No, you need meditation classes that you pay freaking thousand dollars for or whatever. You just, it's just crazy. And yeah, I want everybody to like take their mind back. Like, don't forget you run that shit. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you run what goes on in your mind. Therefore what happens in your life. Yeah. That's that, too scary. I'm going to blame, I'll, I'll blame, Hillary or Trump, depending right. on what somebody, my political It's reasons. definitely somebody else's fault. <laughs> I cannot be responsible for my own life, so I'm going to blame them, but take credit for shit that I actually don't have any control over. 
And isn't that, I mean, isn't that Facebook? Like, isn't that, like, every post, every meme, it's, like, shifting blame, and Facebook is the new deity, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. I've really had to unplug from it. Like, I don't have it on my phone right now. I have Messenger for business reasons, and right, I go on right. Facebook maybe once or twice or, or more in a day anymore, just yeah, kind of you have to, same. stuff, but, like, yeah. I can't do it. I, I talked to somebody that I had interviewed at one point and he said that like he had to really pull back from all of it. And that was one of the things that probably gave him uh was one of the most life changing things that he did was like pulling back from that and seeing how much it helped his his psyche and his consciousness. And for me, I feel ten tenfold better not being on it. Well, that's it. I mean, it is mind control. Like, I mean, you can People can say, oh, I just look, I browse, but they just don't understand the subconscious brain. I mean, if you're putting it in front of you, it's getting in there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's absolutely brainwashing everyone. <laughs> and it's, it, the opinion-based news is, is just scary. That's not, that's not a, it's, it's interesting, you know, being in relationship now and, and getting married and my partner, my fiance has four kids and they're young kids, you know, he's got twin 12 year olds an eight year old and almost five year old. And I look at the almost five year old and it's amazing that, I mean, that is, we had the luxury when we were kids, right? To like know what was fake and what was real. It was very easy, you know, we knew that that was a movie, that was a mask, that was this and that. This kid has fucking no idea. <laughs> With YouTube, you know, cell phone videos, uh, the TV, it, this kid has no idea what's real, false, up, down, right, or left. And it's eye-opening uh, to see that that, that kid's gonna have to figure that shit out. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a big upward battle. What's even scarier is that they might not have to figure it out. It might be a non-issue because people will be so um, inundated with this stuff where they won't even have to really ever think about it because they'll never right. know any different. Yeah, that's, that's the even scarier thing is that there is no thought anymore. It's just do and yeah, little robots. That's one of the, the big things that um, on my own journey, and I'm sure you can kind of relate to this, when you begin to do self-work, you begin to kind of learn what your reactions are and how mm -hmm. to kind of pause and then learn to respond based upon making different choices. And this is going to be somewhat of a question. Um, so have you heard that the body actually reacts before you choose a response? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the the default setting for most people and my question to you now yeah. then would be do you think that when we begin to practice mindfulness that we're literally pausing that that innate body reaction so we can then supplant our new choice or is it still that our new choice is already kind of lined up too oh yeah no it's absolutely so it's the energetic charge is what I call it, that welling up of emotion that you feel when you're in a situation that calls for emotion, right? You feel, I've been here before, and you feel it well up here, and you get that energetic charge. 
And yeah, if you, the mindfulness allows you to notice it, number one, because that if you, if you're mindful and you notice it, you can question it. If you're not mindful and you don't notice it, then you're raging, mm. right? You're angry. You, you're, you're, you're acting out the emotion instead of being aware of the emotion. You're now a robot. You're reacting in a habitual pattern, a habitual way, because you just reacted on the charge. Um, so yeah, that, that mindfulness, taking that pause, um, allows you to react a different way and you can consciously choose like the now is the easiest dissolver of turmoil. Mm. You know, Eckhart Tolle has that the power of now and is, is pretty powerful book. I mean, the, 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 the power of now is a powerful reality aside from it being a good book. Um, what he's channeling in there and the power of now and using it for our own purposes as we, we do being mindful and, and working on ourselves. Um, there is no force stronger than the power of this moment. Yeah. I, I, I like that in my own personal experience in the sense that like there was an instant incident recently where I was uh, upset about something and I, I was ruminating on it for a bit. And then there was this moment of clarity where I'm like, like, why? Like, how is this solving any of it? Is it going to change anything? Can I use this energy in any constructive way? Or do I just want to feel like shit about this? Yeah. And I was like, what's going on right now? And I was just like laying on my bed. I was like, things are pretty good then, right? And I, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. And I just like, what about my day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, and that's like, that's all you need to do. I mean, that is the greatest power we've been given our attention. Mm -hmm. we, we can choose to think about this thing that happened that bothers us, or we cannot. <laughs> and we can choose to instead just get back in the momentum of life, which is the now. It, life is happening, whether you sit there and think about what happened 20 minutes ago or not. Mm -hmm. You can either, you can either jump back in. I, you know, I often think of like how I sometimes get myself back in the now or when I'm just thinking about consciousness is I think of it as like, um, like I think of a car race. I, I spent a lot of time watching racing as a kid. My parents are like obsessed with formula one and Daytona racing. And there's, so I've, I've grown up with a lot of racing. So of course my vision for consciousness in the now would be a racetrack. That's relaxing. <laughs> right, right, right. So there's a go these cars are going around, right? But you're in the stands, like you're watching. And so with your attention, you can choose which car to look at, right? Like I can see the orange number eight is my favorite car. With my attention, I can only focus on the orange number eight. You know, if I, if I turn that into uh, my problem, and my problem is the orange number eight and shit. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm sucked into that. Um, but I can, you know, I, if, I, if I get bored watching the number eight, I can hop my attention over to the, you know, yellow number nine or, or whatever. Um, but I think of, I, I try to concentrate and use my attention that purely. Um, I don't, anyone who knows me well knows I don't like a whole lot of things going on at once. Um, I thought I was like a highly sensitive person for a long time. I'm actually not. I'm just very 
consciously aware of how important it is to be in the now. And I need things just kind of coming at me slowly that I don't lose that. There, there's far more that we could grab in the now than, than in a memory of 10 minutes ago or, or something like that. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely get it. I mean, I've learned a lot from looking back at certain things, but at the same time, none of that information is useful if it's never applied to the now. So yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. studying it and then learning, using it to build upon knowledge as you uh, encounter new experiences kind of in, in this moment, I guess. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all happening right here. It's, I don't know. I, I get, yeah, I get, I get far more accomplished when I'm just here now than when I had wrote like a list of things that I needed to do today. I was doing I still that. work with lists, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I was using lists at one point recently and it, it kind of helped me to a point but my day is so complex and the amount of stuff I have to do is like a small business owner and somebody in recovery yeah. and like all of this shit. It was yeah. like 50 or 60 or more things that I had to do a day. Right. It was like, this is asinine. Like this is not relaxing at all. And now I have the structure that I know that I need to follow. I need to accomplish these things in the context of a week. Many of them aren't time sensitive, the time sensitive stuff. Maybe I'll put like a little reminder on my phone. And then yeah. for the most part, I let myself like run loose and on my schedule like a toddler at like a playground. And it seems yeah. to work okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's how you stay in balance. I mean, if you never let the toddler play, right? Like we, you have to, like you just, that's the inner child work that, that calls on all of us. It's not something that we seek out. Um, it happens. It's, you know, when things get frustrating and don't work anymore and you're, you know, you find yourself just in the dogmas of, of the nine to five or doing this and that and things I have to do and living by the list. Um, you know, that, that inner child is going to knock a lot more and you're going to feel anger, frustration and anxiety because they're not getting the play time. They're not getting the relaxation time, your creative time. And that only happens in the now. I mean, you can't, you, you can put on the list time for creative time, but that's all you can put there. Yeah, that's one of the things that like I, I have to work on more is actually like putting creative time in my schedule. Like I'm just learning how to like fluidly operate on my schedule on like the sense of I have to accomplish these things. Like I've been making jewelry and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there's still more creativity I need to tap into. I'm also of the mindset though, like right now, my big task is to not get overwhelmed with the various facets of everything. Cause I'm sure you've experienced this as well. As you yeah. begin to build your business more, there's more demand for your time and it's more than you're used to having your time demanded. And then that becomes exhausting. But at the same time, like previously, I always kind of shrink back or try to take something off to make it manage. But the thing mm -hmm. that I have to do now isn't shrink back. It's find how to rest and relax in the midst of all that chaos and then be able to progress forward. Yes. Yeah. That that's the hardest thing. I mean, and I still being, cause when you work for yourself, you tend to be a workaholic. It, it's just, that's, because you love what you do, it's right here, it's, it's easy to do, it's the trap that most of us fall into. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and scheduling that that time to play is vital and not filling it with what you think you want to do is super important too. Just, just making, giving yourself an hour and that hour could encompass, you know, staring at a wall or, or drawing, whatever, going hiking, whatever. It it doesn't matter, but, um, leaving it open, leaving the space, um, is where I get most of my creative energy. I mean, if I didn't give myself the time that I do to just do nothing, I couldn't, I couldn't do my job as well. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable in my job to be in the no space that I am during the time I am with my clients. I mean, I'm truly in the now with each one of my clients and I've trained myself to go there on demand, which is just controlling your attention. I mean, that's what we have control over. It's not really as hard as it sometimes seems. Yeah, most of it's kind of clearing the clutter away, in my experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the first step is getting super real with yourself <laughs> and finding out the things that you do that don't serve you, right? Like the, there, are, there are definitely things that we do that we spend our time with that don't truly serve us. And the longer we hold on to those things, the harder it is to get good at the really good things. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. I know for me and my personal experience, like nine tenths of my lifestyle was unhealthy. <laughs> like, yeah, it didn't right. Really help me. And you're demanding this health and balance out of like the other, you know, 5% or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you got to unfuck, you got to unfuck my life other 5% to 10% of my yeah, life. Like, I don't yeah, know what that's, just, that's a lot <laughs> of pressure. Get your shit together, like less than less than half of me. Right. Why half, aren't you stronger? Right. The other half, like the majority of me, is going to sit here and smoke weed and play video games and wonder yeah. why I'm not a millionaire. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. You're sitting there, like knocking on your head with a hammer, wondering why you have a headache. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Yeah. I definitely relate to that. That definitely sums up like the last couple of years of my life prior to recovery. Why do well, I feel I mean, like that tired? Is the addiction cycle. <laughs> Why do I feel tired all the time, man? Why don't yeah. I ever get anything done? Right. I'm going to go drink, you know, five more beers, smoke another joint, and I should be good to go. <laughs> like, no, you're tired. <laughs> right. And now we're just hungry at the McDonald's drive through. <laughs> oh. That made my stomach hurt thinking about it. (laughs) Oh, Um, to be young. Yeah, right. I don't know if I want to survive my youth again. Uh, (laughs) You're lucky to survive it the first time. No, I agree completely. (laughs) I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the second half of this and uh, go from there. Are you facing questions with no answers or seeking an escape from persistent problems? then enlist the Oracle at Mushin. The Oracle at Mushin provides high-quality tarot and life coaching services at affordable prices. Quickly and easily book online with the link in our description. Our listeners get a 10% discount off the Oracle at Mushin's already low prices. Use code OFF10. That's O-F-F-1-0. Seek the solution today.
All right, we are back with Beverly McDonald for part two of this little chat. Um, so I got one of my daily meditation books because there is these two really good readings lately, um, and I kind of want to hear what your take is on them. I'm going to ask you which one you want to want me to read first, um, and we'll see if we can talk about that one for how long. If, if we get to the other one, cool. So your topics would be engagement or utilization. Ooh, utilization is intriguing. Okay. Uh, kites harness the force of the wind. They express our intent, but they cannot change the wind. A person with a kite can make it dip, turn, and flutter at will. An expert can even use a fighting kite and engage in others until one is cut loose. It's fun flying a kite, feeling, feeling the gigantic tug on the end of your line. Sometimes the wind is so strong that it will nearly lift you off the ground. When you harness the forces of nature, you harness something quite powerful. This is an example of the proper utilization of Tao. It is taking advantage of natural forces. It means accepting the way they work and then finding a way to borrow their power. It does not mean trying to change or circumscribe things. If the wind is not blowing our kite the way we want, we cannot change it. We can only borrow its energy. When initiative and natural forces are combined, there's true harmony. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, what's even weirder is the synchronicity on that. <laughs> um, kites. Weird. I just had um, a really good session with a client where uh, we were releasing kites from her sacral chakra. So that's really interesting. But um, so I had to kind of get over that. I'll Resident. send you a picture of that so you can send it to her. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that's a trip. That's a trip. Um, yeah, but I love the alchemy in that, right? Like the the taking, um, the the re the redistribution of power, right? To make it work for you, <clears throat> or to make it work not necessarily for you, um, but just to use the natural forces um, to empower what we already are. Obviously, that's. That's my thing, um, being an energy healer. That's, that's what I do, um, harness the energy of the now mm -hmm. and channel it in a way that um, I can decode it, right? Like I can understand uh, what it is or just even what people, people's blockages are or even my own. Um, I really like that. It really moved me. The um, one, the dancing of the kite that was in my mind. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and also just the tug of flow that I really, I really aim my life for that. I found it's really interesting reading Buddha, Buddhist teachings um, because I've learned that I am a very natural Buddhist. <laughs> that's um that's just I, I wasn't raised with religion um but i was raised with a very uh integrous moral code like with my family and and was raised in a way that you know you you do the best you can and that if you can help others you do mm -hmm. and um it, it's just it's it's very very much how i've lived my life uh naturally 
And so getting into Buddhist teachings, of course, have helped fill the gaps where, I mean, I'm not a perfect Buddhist, my God, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it's not like Siddhartha, but I figured it out. Um, and, and I really, the, the power of, um, working with life as it shows up is, is probably the single most powerful thing that we as humans can do. Um, not trying to co-create and recreate and re remake but but seeing the innate um use in, that's already there and 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 using it and that's that's what i try to do and that's honestly where i i lend most of the power that comes to me to that absolutely yeah i, I like how how you um explained your kind of experience with this and it shifted my mind to this concept that's kind of like a mutual sticking point for both of us and at some point I'm going to have to get off my soapbox about this and like kind of integrate the experience and move past it but like one of the big issues that I see with the new age community is this misappropriation of power where they think that they're like this ultimate power and really they're a conduit for the ultimate power and it really falls into this concept of the power they have is to keep the, their signal clear by doing the inner work to allow this power to flow through them. Yeah. Or, um, but through their own misunderstanding and kind of, I guess I'll just put it this way, laziness and lack of clarity, th mm -hmm. they take credit for something that isn't them. And then they blame other people when this power isn't working. That, yeah. I guess that kind of encapsulates a lot of our earlier conversation, but applies it specifically to age the new age community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's that, um, it's the guru mentality. It's the, I, it's the, it's the, it's the deciding that any one person or any, anyone can, can become something. Um, the ascension process alone is kind of a kind of hokey in itself. It's, it's not that we're becoming something, we're just unbecoming what we're, what we weren't. Mm. And that that's far more um, manageable with the ego. I mean, if, if you, if you start feeding yourself that your vibration is heightening and you're becoming this amazing force, I mean, good luck keeping the ego in check. You're just, you're not going to. Um, so, and, and I, I played with that too. I mean, I fell in this, this ego trap. We all do, um, when we're early into this energy and what the hell it all means, of course, our ego grabs it and goes, we're doing this. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 once that's kind of where I think everybody kind of will make their way back to like the Buddhist teachings and to alchemy and, and to how just innately this power already is and we're just tapping into it it's like a well that we're just we're tapping into uh but yeah that the mis misappropriation it's just it's reframing it to recognize that you're not you're not climbing anything you're you're wasting away alan watts and and the zen way is far more beneficial but that's work that that's stuff that people have to do and responsibility they have to take and that's not yeah it's not sexy not what people are doing it's not sexy it's not 
Yeah, you know, it's the outfits are not as cute. Yeah, Instagram. You know, when, Instagram when you're breaking off. down. Yeah, you know, the picture is not pretty when you're a crying mess all the time. And that's the reality of losing shit that's not you <laughs> and becoming powerful. <laughs> right, yeah. Becoming it's not powerful. getting fancy tattoos and dyeing your hair pink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, in my experience, becoming powerful is admitting that you're ultimately powerless with the exception of yourself, your own choices, taking total responsibility for everything that you feel in your life. Everything that happens, good, bad, or indifferent is kind of finding your part in it, but recognizing that ultimately you're powerless. You're a little speck of dust or like a leaf on a river or a kite in the wind. And you got to right. make the best with what you can. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, while you're here, just do it. Do it well. <laughs> so here is the other one, mm -hmm. um, engagement. Let's see how you feel about this one. Prey passes a tiger who sometimes merely looks, sometimes pounces without hesitation, but never fails to act. Life is a constant series of opportunities. If we don't reach out for things, if we don't take advantage of what comes our way, then we cannot be in harmony with the essential nature of life. The tiger is the same way. He conforms to every situation that comes. If he spots prey and is not ready to hunt, he will let it go. But he has not failed to act. He has knowingly let the prey escape. And this is much different from someone who loses a situation through slow reflexes or inability. When the tiger wants his prey, he pounces upon it without any thought or hesitation. There are no morals, no guilt, no psychological problems, no ideologies to interfere with the purity of his action. The undiminished grace in action is called non-action. This is engagement. Whatever comes to you, you must engage it somehow. You receive it. You may alter the circumstances and let it go. You may interject something of your own into it, or you may knowingly let it pass. Whatever you do, there is no need to be apathetic towards life. Instead, Full participation in all things is the surest way to happiness, vitality, success, and a deep knowledge of Tao. Mm, yeah, I love that. I like this book. That's an amazing <laughs> book. Yeah, well, I like how in-depth it goes. You know, you, you get a lot of stuff that, that tries to interpret the Tao, and it's very ethereal and very, like, unicorn, can't grab it. Um, but that, that I like that the way that it describes um i'll send you the name of the book this guy actually yeah. has two different books yeah i like it um yeah i mean the tiger right i love the, the tiger but <clears throat> going back to my my racetrack right and our attention right like we can use our attention to decide what's right for us. Um, and when you're really present and in the now and you're not run by the next moment or the moment before, um, you have pure attention, pure consciousness. And you just pay attention to what your consciousness peaks on. And when your attention, your consciousness sees something it likes, it goes, ooh, I want that. And then, you do that thing or you make a decision to do it later because maybe physically you can't do it. Ideally, this is what life is. Like ideally life is not more complicated than that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I- ideally, life is not spent in the past or the future where we're fixing the prior moment and planning for the next moment. I mean, ideally, we're just here paying attention to what sparks our interest, you know, gives us those energetic pulses, the, ooh, I like that, ooh, that looks good. Um, And then you're conscious there and you can decide, okay, can I have, can I, okay, I saw an ad for a cheeseburger. Okay, now I want a cheeseburger. Can I go get a cheeseburger? Well, I, I can, I don't have the money or I don't have the time. And then you let it go. I couldn't get the cheeseburger, like no big deal. But when you're so caught up and I got to do this and I got to pick the kids up at four and I got to do that and I got to do that. I really want a cheeseburger. Well, now you're sitting in lack and now you've created a motion where there really doesn't need to be emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we live our lives from that place of misplaced emotion. And you can see how it just, we just complicate everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that there's this big um, attitude where people will kind of, I know I fall into this myself, where I didn't make choices because I was so afraid of the results either way, so that yeah. I was apathetic towards doing anything. Yeah. And then ultimately, that's still a choice. <laughs> and like, yeah. I think people forget that like not making a choice is a choice. And this is an example that I, I don't want to use because I still... I still don't know how I stand on it, but it's an example nonetheless. Like with the, with the previous election, I didn't vote for anybody because I didn't find anybody to be a suitable candidate to get right. the vote. And in some capacity, I'm kicking myself in the ass. Um, I don't really lose sleep over it. Trust me, I'm okay. <laughs> but like, I don't like who's None in of there. it would have made a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No I matter like who sits who, in the chair. <laughs> that's, that's really my perception on it, which is, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I don't like this person. Would this other person have been any better? And I mean, the answer is no. They would have had different tactics of, of fucking us. But there's of still course. this attitude of maybe I should have acted. Maybe I should have made a choice. But the lesson in that overall for me is get more information next time and learn to make better choices within the moment and not become apathetic. And that's it. And then let it go. Yeah. Like you don't ever have to think about it again because you already expressed where you fell short. You expressed why it served you and now you let it go. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we get caught up in like, you know, but we, the, the mistake that we make is then we make it a Facebook post or then we make it, we take it farther. We don't just make it about our decision to do or not do something. We go and assault ourselves again. <laughs> And like ask other people's opinion of if we should have done that or not. And it's just this like game of torture that we play with ourselves, which from my perspective, it's mental. It's mental. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another experience with the whole concept of engagement is in regards to like dating and trying to date like, so often I think that I have to pursue people in order for it to work. And I'm beginning to learn that part of the dating process as a dude is like engagement in in a sense, but then also falling back and seeing if there's a return engagement. And this is like not revolutionary to some people. (laughs) It's like mind blowing. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean I don't have to do all the work all the time or I shouldn't do all the work all the time. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, why oh, do yeah. I keep getting, why do I keep attracting these people that uh, just are an energy, like a energy drain or whatever? And I'm like, because I'm draining all my energy. It has nothing to do with them. It's, mm -hmm. it's a me issue and how I'm choosing to engage in this situation. Yes. And I think we're, that kind of, it's not even your fault though. Like, I feel like me and you, like we're the same age and we're kind of that in-between generation that like remembers the chivalry and like remembers how it's supposed to be or how our parents had it where you know the guy calls and this and that or and then we're also caught in where well we were younger and and things we were born with technology and texting and phones and and so we're just i think that yeah our our generation kind of deals with that especially with dating it's like what the hell are you supposed to do are you supposed to be like the guy who's all chivalrous and like does everything or are you supposed to like do you be the new age guy that like sits back and like lets her come to you it's it's totally confusing i <laughs> i mean i had to go through it too dating is weird and it sucks it really is <laughs> I, I think that one of the, the hard things over times too is it's almost as as a guy no matter what i do i'm going to be wrong unless it's the right person because there's this whole um this whole vein of like pop culture minded feminism where yes. pretty much everything a guy does he needs to be burned at the stake right yeah. um, i guess it's toxic feminism like yes and i really <laughs> don't want to participate in it and it seems that i there's a lot of characteristics in those types of women that i find appealing which is like the drive and all the ambition and stuff but then it becomes almost if you say anything out of line it's you're a misogynist or you're sexist it's not just Maybe you're just a dude and they're labeling all of this stuff a certain way. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's Well, dude. generally the person carrying the label maker is the problem. <laughs> generally not the person that's, you know, dealing with the labels being thrown at them. But uh, yeah, no, it's a total problem. I mean, we've got a bunch of pissed off people in the world for a bunch of reasons that, you know, aren't theirs. And a lot of people really are still pissed off about an election that happened and didn't happen or whatever. I don't know. It's just that whole past future thing. But yeah, there, there's definitely a buildup of um, females that are, that are coming around that think they're, you know, they're perfect. And, and I, I think we're, what we're going to see probably in 20 years is a rebirth of the princess again, because when we do this, where women pretend that we're not empowered, because let's be real, women are doing pretty damn well in the world, um, regardless of what CNN or the news tries to convince us of, ladies, we're doing pretty well. Um, it's... It, we're we're going to do this where we're, we think we're low again, and we're going to actually convince women again that we're lesser than. And so then it's going to bring this whole, well, well, we're princesses again. It's just, it's the loop, you know, that we do where I, I don't know if it's just that women are, I don't know if it's just that our brains are so complex that we just can't let things lie. Um, but it's just a natural <laughs> cycle too of evolution maybe there's some mm -hmm. kind of evolutionary oh. benefit to it I, I don't know what it would exactly. be exactly yeah i don't know if it's like you know how we, like every you know every time we you know every once a month the woman gets extremely powerful you know our moon cycle is extremely powerful and i don't know if like we're all collectively going through a moon cycle but it seems like there is some serious disconnect in the female light uh you know there's women that that 
know that they're strong and, and aren't worried. And then there's the women that I don't know what happened. They, they, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mess, but it's kind of weird how the young ones are the ones that are, are so newly oppressed when they're, they were born with the most opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of they've kind of been sold, sold a bill of goods. And I'm not going to say that like, there's not a lot of shitty guys out there right now. Cause there are, there's a lot totally. of toxic masculinity. There's a lot of fucking toxic people of any persuasion. Or absolutely. Right there's like they're every color race. Absolutely. There's just a lot of toxic people. Um, mm-hmm. my well, next... it starts at the top, you know? I mean, our society is governed by a media that's toxic. Yeah, every everybody in the positions of power is pretty toxic. Yes. And if they're not, you don't see them because they're off living their best life. Not or they're like being killed. Best life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair too. Yeah, they're either being killed or they're in the spotlight or they're just quietly living their own good mm-hmm. life without raising any eyebrows um i guess my my final question for you because i don't want to hold you up too much longer is what do you feel about this sense of virtue warriors i can i can explain that differently if you want Um, but by virtue warriors i almost kind of am talking about these people that call everything misogynistic or toxic masculinity or even people that might take the, the extreme with um, with women or people that kind of take every comment as a sign of white privilege or male privilege. Or right. Male privilege. A reason argumentative, I would call them. <laughs> Some of this is just virtuing, virtue signaling in the sense that like I'm more virtuous than you because mm-hmm. I'm standing up for yeah. people. Because oftentimes I've found that a lot of these people tend to be white people from the suburbs mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are trying to stand up for minorities that a year mm-hmm. ago they didn't give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I'm all about, you know, like helping people and, and, uh, rooting for the underdog and, and, you know, I understand like vigilantes and I understand, you know, people that, that feel like they have a position to help another with their voice or whatever. Um, uh, but I think that they would be far more powerful if they just uh made sure their shit was right i mean that's because i mean that's the reality i mean most of the most people that spend their time with the label maker and you know taking their time to do all this i just wonder like what's not being accomplished in their mm-hmm. lives you know what i mean like that, that takes a lot of time you know and so what I always think about the void, the the void, the other side is like, well, what are you not doing? I'm not, I'm not so concerned with what they are doing because whatever, you know, that's, they're called to it. They like it. But my bigger concern is the bigger picture and like what is not happening because you're spending so much time putting energy there. I mean, energy has got to go somewhere that you're either putting it into what you like or what you don't like. And if you're, spending a lot of time and energy to one focus on something that you don't like because you think you need to fix it therefore you're spending a lot of time trying to fix it spending a lot of time in something that you don't necessarily agree with Mm. and that's that's kind of my bigger concern is like 
man, like we're all like insanely like powerful creators. Like go, go do shit that actually creates something. Go do something that actually matters. And I understand helping people and, and speaking for a, a low voice actually matters. But a lot of people that are doing it are not as effective as they think they are. That's that. like the thing <laughs> is like it seems like and this is just my experience. Right. It seems like a lot of people. Uh, and let me clarify this before I get into this. I don't know that I need to clarify it. I support mm -hmm. people of every race, sexual identity, creed, religion, Same. lack of religion. Like I, I don't. Right. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Exactly. But when it comes down to it. Um, it seems like a lot of these things are aimed at barbs to bring people down and it really kind of creates disunity more than it yeah. does create helping the cause. And then ultimately when it goes to like, what aren't they doing instead of spending all of these hours on Facebook, correcting people's sentences or like trying to change their, their way that they worded one little thing, maybe they could go out and actually make like a big difference in communities, like trying to physically help these people or doing food yeah, drives to help it. people. Like yeah. taking action instead of browbeating yeah. people. That's that is my whole that's my whole thing. Is like while people are doing that online, like I'm at the homeless shelter. <laughs> I'm doing something that matters. I don't spend a whole lot of a time online um, mm -hmm. because I'm actually out doing things that matter. Um, and so that's I think the biggest. Thing that you know not that other people are not doing that too I know that if I'm doing it there's trillions of other people that are doing it as well and that's beautiful and that's what I choose to focus on I mean Viceland is a really good uh, channel I don't know if you have that out there but I'm sure listeners and stuff have Viceland but I mean there's real news on there it's it's out in the communities in other countries showing what people are actually doing the real journalists um, yeah sometimes you know, they're, they're cooking with, with cannabis and, you know, I mean, sometimes the channel is not like the most, but also that's good too, if you're cooking with cannabis. Um, but, uh, there are other options. There are other options. And I think that when we, when we pigeonhole ourselves into Facebook or Instagram, we tend to be, you know, getting our news from there. And that's, and then everything just becomes where on in the morning I wake up and I go on Facebook and that you see people not going to different places and that's the Facebook control and that's just getting that one perspective, but, but masking it like it's many perspectives so that people actually think they're thinking. Mm. Yeah. It's still kind of Coke or Pepsi argument at the end of the day. Cause exactly. there's only one or two, there's black right. and white perspective on everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's my big issue. And I guess it comes down to, for me, what I need to focus on is just not engaging with those kind of people when those conversations come up and uh, just focusing on my own path and working on stuff. Um, because it's like, for me, doing doing a hospital and institution meetings with the fellowship that I'm in, Yeah, I'm directly working with people of any age, age race, sexual, any creed, religion, and then talking about my mental health stuff. I'm directly working with that stuff. And for me, it just, it's exhausting to try to explain to people. And I guess that's not my responsibility to explain to people how unconstructive them browbeating me for any kind of thing that I say that falls out of alignment with them. Um, 
but I guess I just need to accept that's going to happen. <laughs> and well, if you put yourself, if you put your opinion anywhere, it's going to be, yeah, people are going to kick back. And that's, I mean, and I'm, I'm guilty the other way where I just don't go on and don't share sometimes, you know, profound truths because I don't want to mm -hmm. open up that level of dialogue and that opinion bashing and into people that, you know, they're going to be getting it. And a lot of it is my ego. Maybe it's not profound truth. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's there, there's, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, dude. <laughs> I think sometimes it's not even so much like I'm directly voicing my opinion. It'll be like sharing memes and then yeah. people like filtering that through their own life experience and seeing it through their own um, lens of how, yeah whatever fits their narrative, I guess. Um, well, and they always will. I mean, everybody's always going to do that. And that's, that's why, like, if I've taken the approach that if I'm not going to be heard authentically, I'm just not going to waste my time because I have to be heard authentically. I mean, I, it's just something that's important to me. So I don't, because I know that I'm not going to be, I don't, I don't go, it's like, it's, it's, it's that, it's that beating yourself on the hammer and wondering why you have a headache. Mm. This you know? kind of ties back into what we were talking to before we started recording in some sense. I had talked about how earlier on, I feel like my throat chakra was damaged and now maybe my throat chakra is overemphasized and I need to learn to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. Yeah. After you, after you release the blockage, it tends to like sing and there, you know, the throat chakra is for ever refined <laughs> it, it the throat chakra is in balance for probably like three minutes a lifetime it, it literally it's it's just one that it's got too much charge um it, it's too closely connected to that co-creating part of us that just has its own agenda that that ego part that just kind of wants to do its own thing so it, it's it's the nature of the beast it's it's the dancing on the edge of the coin. Mm. You know, we, we walk on the, on the edge of the coin and, and <laughs> try desperately not to fall too hard onto either side, but, but it happens. It happens. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to work on maybe, maybe refining that a little bit. Uh, this is the last thing I'll kind of say that I'll leave, leave you to kind of have closing comments on whatever you want. Um, I'm looking at my character defects. I'm on my sixth step again. So like I'm looking at everything on a deep level and a lot of that really is directly related to communication and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting that we don't recognize how much of our life is communication and how much of even our actions that maybe not, not be aren't verbal cues that we can take that actually communicate a whole lot about our personality. Um, so maybe some of the refining that I really have to focus on is, saying what needs to be said and then letting the rest fall by the wayside and kind of recognizing that I can let my actions speak for themselves more than uh, necessarily having to verbally communicate everything. Yeah. Word. Um, yeah. When you master that, let me know. <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about refining it. Master. master yeah. You just like it's, yeah, it's, um, I think that that's the ongoing thing forever. I, I feel like we don't get that right ever. It's, it, I mean, we get it right every time. We just think that we don't get it right. Um, it's just, it, if we said it, it needed to be said. 
And if we didn't say it, it didn't need to be said. And it's just the, yeah, it's, and I, I'm totally with you. I talked to myself on this one too, because it's, um, it, the hardest thing is letting go, letting anything go, letting, I mean, letting somebody go or relationship go, let, uh, letting a word go that, you know, you misspoke, um, letting a situation go that, that maybe didn't energetically go as perfect as you wanted it to go. Um, that is, that is probably, yeah, probably the hardest, hardest one, but that's why, um, the only way to do it is to breathe into the now it's, it's, um, it's, it's breathing in through your nose, out through your toes, and really feeling into your body and feeling into the now. And um, that's the only way that will allow things to go.